an unusual couple, you know. I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. War machine coming at you. Clint! I hate you. Donkey, donkey. It always ends There's so much evidence to back up my theories and like absolutely oh. no evidence to back up yours. That's true. He hates you the most. I hope that I am just a fool for thinking that this is going to end poorly. I I think I I, I think it, it, works. It, it, it works. It works. What's up, those who remain? We are back for the last po- episode of the AOK in the Multiverse podcast. Talking about Loki. Not the last one ever. You're not that lucky. We're talking about Loki and its season finale. And I am one of your hosts, and there's another host, and we have another host. But my name is Murphy Kenefick. Yeah, we're all variants of the same hot take, maybe. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, my name is Hunter B 69 I think. Um my name's Adam, and huh? Hunter B seven seven one. I don't know. Um, and yeah, not the last episode ever. I think Murphy was a little bit premature in saying that, but we are talking the finale of Loki, but not the series finale, yes. as we found out the season finale. Spoilers. Um, but we have a very special guest today. If he wants to introduce himself, what is up, multiversal gamers? <laughs> I'm Ernest. <laughs> That was good. That was. Your... But what's your name? Ernest. That's my name. But w- oh, so that's not okay. Ernest Calderon. We bought a mic podcast. Hello. <laughs> but are you yourself, Ernest? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I would like to think so. What... I I like to I like to joke around sometimes. You know, I like to keep it okay. A little silly. As long as you know the importance of being Ernest. And are you from... I do. Are you from Earth 616? Earth 15? Like, which... Like Earth 69, baby. Okay, so we're on the same one. Gotcha. Just trying to make sure we're all from the same, like, variant society right now. Because, you know, it's getting wacky out there. You know, when Joker said things are getting crazy out there, that's what he was talking about. When the multiverse is opening up. Um, no comment. <laughs> so, um, Ernie really... Um, wanted to talk about Loki because uh, you know what? I don't think you've ever requested like we've had you on the pod before, but you've never requested to uh, come on before. So that makes me think you have quite a bit to say about uh, Loki. So before we get into the thoughts of this episode specifically, if you want to kind of tell us your general thoughts on the show so far and uh, what made you want to come on and talk about it. Um, yeah, I think the reason why I want to uh, why I reached out to you about coming on is just because it just it seemed right off the bat like the best one of the three yeah. Disney Plus Marvel shows. Like it just kind of kind of ran away with it in my opinion. I I enjoyed a lot of WandaVision, mm-hmm. uh, mainly the stuff with Wanda and Vision, the stuff that didn't really feature them. I didn't really care for that much. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier was mostly like a wet fart, um, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so this one, from the jump, I was like, wow, this is just like what I want from this type of of, uh, of television, you know, mm-hmm. on this scale. Um, so I just, I it was on my radar. It's like, yes, I want to talk about this. And also, on my show, we've been in Nicolas Cage land for four months. So our docket was just like fully uh, cl- uh, crowded with Nicolas Cage movies, so there was no room to do uh, anything other than that. I mean, we've we've ended up having to skip a bunch of movies that I wanted to talk about, too, uh, like 
a quiet place and in the heights and stuff like that. So cage all day, every day over on We Bought a Mic. But we're done with that now. So now we can rest and now we can sort of uh, take a take a break from the, the craziness of cage. Um, and I think we might do a Loki episode just because I, I think that there is a lot to talk about. So we'll probably end up touching on it on the show. But but y'all here get my my fresh first takes uh, on Loki. And I've been listening to you guys uh, every week. And wow. y'all add a very particular flavor to my uh, my consumption of, of Loki coverage every week. Because nobody is as combative as you two are. <laughs> I told you that's why people tune in. <laughs> at first, at first I did not like it. When you guys first started doing this with WandaVision, I was like, this is annoying, man. <laughs> and then... The, you fell in love. Yeah, the more I listened to it, the more I realized, like, nobody else is brave enough to be this shitty to their fellow co-hosts. That's what I said. I said, wouldn't you rather listen to us fight than two guys just sitting around saying the same thing that everybody else is saying over and over? Isn't it more fun? Right, right. It's exhausting, and we all walk away with our feelings, <laughs> but we come back, and it's, you know, it pays yeah, off. Yeah, um, well, one of the many reasons I was excited to have Ernie on uh, this episode is because I think maybe, maybe not with Loki in particular, but... Um, you definitely align with Murphy, I think, more than you do me when it comes to these Disney Plus Marvel shows. Oh, hell um, yeah. So, but, like, also, me and Ernie have a lot of similar interests in other regards. So, like, that's why it's, like, I don't know which side you'll... You're, like, a good, like, middle ground, like, for this up. Like, I feel like I'm kind of wondering which way you'll lean by the time we hear Murphy's thoughts and my full thoughts and everything. So, um yeah, it'll be good to get into it. Um, do we want to jump straight to the end or do you want to kind of... Because you guys have been talking about it every week, so people already know what you think. So do you want to kind of ha have me like recap yeah. my thoughts a little yeah, bit? Yeah, go through or... your thoughts and then I guess maybe give your expectations for like, you know, the finale going into it and how it kind of paid off for you. So I... Part of me is a little bummed that we didn't get the version of this show that's just kind of like the adventure of the week. The Doctor Who kind of skipping through space and time, going on a wacky adventure every week. But... That is what it seemed yeah. like it was going to be. Right, right. And, and part of me is bummed that we didn't get that. But as the show went on each week and it became very clear that that wasn't going to be the case and that it was going to be this story, um, it's it, it ended up kind of becoming this bit of a character piece, even as the character was two characters for a lot of it, uh, with with Sylvie coming into the picture. So as it became like this this character study, I started to really dig that and really like get to know Loki a little bit more, at least this version of Loki. And then the new version of Loki that's introduced with Sylvie. I I really started to dig it. And the biggest thing that kind of jumped out at me with each episode is that this it's really amazing how small of a story this show tells on such an incredibly like sprawling canvas like i've never really seen it done the way it's done and even in this final episode how so much of it is just three people in a room talking mm -hmm. and there's not really much else going on it's still the backdrop the backdrop of it is still like this massive 
massive universe multiverse backdrop. And that's kind of like what kept me going week to week is this balancing act of like this very small thing that's told in a big way. And I think the COVID has a lot to do with that. Like there's a lot of points where I could feel like, you know, the TVA and, and, you know, all of the different kind of time travel settings that they could go in could have been more intricate and adventurous if we weren't in a pandemic and they could have kind of gone bigger with it. But with what they did, I think they did an incredible job. Owen Wilson, I think, is phenomenal. Uh, Hiddleston obviously is great. Sofia DiMartino is great. I think the acting across the board is great. And, you know, there are some aspects that I think could have been better, but there's nothing that I think is like a a glaring flaw in any of it. Like with WandaVision and Falcon, there are massive glaring flaws in both of those shows that really brought them down for me. This one, it's like, yeah, there's some things that could have been tweaked a little bit and you know if there wasn't a pandemic you know alternate reality where that's not a thing it could have been this more kind of sprawling epic thing but what we got what they put together i think is just far and away the best one of the three shows and one of the best things i've seen in a long time might end up being one of my favorite shows of the year depending on what else i see the second half of the year i just I loved it. I love the, the, again, the dynamic between Loki and Sylvie, I think was handled really well. And, you know, the. Now, hang on. I have to ask yeah. the most important question Are you Team Silky? Oh, uh, shipping it? <laughs> yeah. Silky. Well, let's just get it out of the way now. The kiss. Yeah. I screamed. Yeah. I, yes. I jumped up. I was watching it in bed and I just started like bouncing up and down i was so elated at yeah. that moment okay so you are it team is silky. Weird. good it is a very weird moment and it is a little kind of gross especially the lead up to mm. it very like awkward uncomfortable flirting um but i don't know it just works i don't know what do you guys think? um well on twitter <laughs> on twitter i've seen a lot of um terminology that i've never seen before which is uh and i hate even saying the word but self-cessed which i've seen um and i think that's really amusing um we mentioned it on one of the previous episodes but i think just the very idea that loki would the only person he's ever loved is just a variant of himself is like the most in character narcissistic thing that like it it's just really interesting and like good solid writing and yeah it's weird but like the entire situation is weird and it just feels kind of right i don't know like if it was going to work for anybody it would it works for him yeah absolutely like um and people saying like oh it's too weird for me i'm like dude it's it's loki like i don't know now are people using the phrase team silky because i haven't seen that i just made no, that i think up. it's I just assume you. that's what they're it's calling just it you. really oh, you just coined that yeah, he, that's great i mean how, what else would you call it <laughs> uh Loki. <laughs> I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. You can keep going, but I, I just that was that's crucial. The yeah, the only big other big point I wanted to make is that um the 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 fifth episode mm. is just like so fucking yeah. good. Richard E. Grant, holy shit, he's amazing. Um 
Gator Loki. Yeah. He's Bay. Yeah. Uh, like that, I don't know. That that episode, I think, just was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. And it, it, it didn't, the show doesn't ask that much from you. You know, it it goes for these heady themes, you know, these extended sequences of like talking about fate and free will and determinism. But it's not like something like Devs, which is a show I loved. But that show gets a little bit bogged down in like, the 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 you know the the heady themes that it's talking yeah. about the in, the intense like complexity of it all this one doesn't do that it, it keeps it pretty breezy and going into ep six with how episode five ends and, and kind of like the lead up to that i felt like anything could happen like obviously the seeds were laid for kang and everybody paying attention every that's what everybody was saying uh online but still, there was that feeling of, like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Anything could happen. And that felt so damn good in yeah. the MCU to have that feeling of, like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. So it, 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 was, it was a great ride. And I guess now going into, into episode six, into the finale, I think that energy that unpredictable energy uh can we can we just can i just say it or are we i don't know spoilers? what it is yeah, jump yes. in jump in okay jonathan majors takes that fucking energy and runs away with it he hijacks the episode in the best way and i love the shit out of it it is so good it is so 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 good what he does with this character and I adored it. I adored it. I, and again, I do think it is impacted by COVID. I do think that it is not as like big and grandiose as it could have been if they didn't have to have COVID restrictions while shooting. But for what it is, I think they knocked it out of the park just because of Jonathan Majors. Because I think the idea of having a character that you just met hijack your story because we are following these two characters and them getting to know each other and them learning to love each other and trust each other. And that narrative is essentially, I mean, there is like a payoff that we're going to hopefully see where it goes in season two, but that narrative is essentially abandoned in this final episode to clear the fucking board for Kang. Well, and that could easily fall apart. It could easily yeah. fall apart. And majors just like, he owns it, dude. Owns it so yeah. good. Um, it's, it's interesting because you brought up uh, Kang and like people who've been paying attention, like the details and like the hints building up. To that. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I, yeah, like you're right. No, like you're completely right. It, it, it was all there. It was all evident. Um, but <laughs> me and Murphy brought it up quite a bit on the pod where I was like, I'm scared to predict it the same way I predicted Mephisto or uh, whatever, right. like, or Doctor Strange and WandaVision. Um, I, I definitely got, like, a little more apprehensive with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but, like, when both of those, like, neither of them really satisfied on my uh, my theories, I kind of just gave up with this one. I was You got gun shy. Yeah. So, like, last night when I watched it, I was definitely excited, obviously, to, like, <clears throat> to watch the finale. Um, 
you know, I went to go see Black Widow again with my friend Zach, who has been out of town for a week. So I saw like at 1030. I got home at like 1 a.m. So I was already up. I was like, okay, if I just step for like another hour and a half, it'll be Loki time. So, you know, watched one Marvel property, <laughs> stayed up an hour for another one. And hear that, Bob? Yep. <laughs> just for you, Bob. Um, and I, so I went in with like, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm not excited because I'm expecting anything in particular because I did not want to repeat of the WandaVision finale. Um, because I think self or uh, like MCU stands can get very like, I don't know, very, um, what's the word? Like they can just, they, they think they like know better than the writers. They think they know, like they feel very yes. entitled, I think, um, with what they get. And they're like, oh, Doctor Strange was in the finale, trash, garbage. And it, it it's concerning. That would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it has to make sense right. for what the story is exactly. doing, right? Like, that's why I was thinking that Kang would not be good. I was, in my head, I was thinking, like, if they do Kang, it'll be right. bad. Because that's not where this story is headed. It, it, the trajectory of these characters is heading in, in a direction that feels true to the story that we've seen these characters go. Which is, again, that story of, like, trust and self-love and... And all these things. And Kang doesn't fit into that narrative at all. So in my head, it was like, if they go there, it's not going to work. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. So I was happily wrong. Um, so Murphy, uh, actually, I don't know when you watched it today. Because you usually you text. I was early this morning. Okay. Or right. 8 a.m. I do want to say before, um, because I, at 3 a.m., I usually like turn off my phone when I'm watching this. Or put it in airplane mode or something, so I have like no distractions, nothing. Like I, when I'm watching an MCU show or like The Mandalorian or something, I fully put my phone away. Like I, I lock into it. That being said, when the majors reveal happened last night, I texted Murphy ten minutes in, knowing he was asleep, and I said, "Holy fucking shit!" Like in like no context. I was just like, "Yeah, I woke up to several texts." From my <laughs> I was just like, like <laughs> "I did pause the show a few times." I just did like go off on Murphy's text because I was just like I was freaking out when it was happening. Well, I'm like, "Oh, okay, gotta go do the Loki now." <laughs> um. So you watched it early this morning. Um. I did, and. I agree with everything uh, Importance of Being Earnest said about Loki as a whole. I think it's, it is fun that they, I, I agree that the highs and lows were not as, as great as the other two. And I agree that consistently across the board, it, it is the most satisfying, probably like the most well done, like we've said, it knows exactly what it's doing the whole time. Um, it, it'll never surpass WandaVision for me, but that's just bias. That's yes. just my, my feelings. Um, but I think overall it's it's a well made better more well made because I agree that the non WandaVision stuff was awful and I concur that uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was a, a indeed a wet fart. Um, but in in this one, I think I liked it overall. But the two major things, pun intended, that I did not like about it are the two big things that you did like about it. Um, I. I found Jonathan Majors to be completely confused. I thought he was trying to ham it up. He, I find it 
really annoying that at the end of this very um, creative, interesting show that they have yet another sarcastic, snide, winking, apple-eating villain who's jokey and kooky. Wait, and another? I, I, who's, the, who's the other? Agatha. Oh, okay. With her little mm, quips okay. all the time. Right. And That's a good point. However, when he shifts into, when he drops that and is very serious and angry and scared, he's great. I like him a lot as an actor. I was excited for him to, I was excited when I first saw him, and then as soon as he started the, hmm, oh, isn't that weird, like that shit, I was like, oh no, it, this isn't, it, it sucked the, the tension out of it completely for me. I'm like, this I, is not, it drops the weight completely. See, but I'm I assuming that since there's just one that. version of him, we're going to get the big Kang the Conqueror, and I think that is going to play much better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. The other thing, the other major thing is that, <laughs> um, I, I, the fact that he just kind of hijacks the story at the end, I think that's a little too convenient. Because what I liked about WandaVision and what we argued about, that the idea that there was a random new third party at the end of it controlling things just kind of sucks the air out of it. In the same way that, like, it, it's in storytelling, you're supposed to set up and pay off, and he just kind of shows up. And I, 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 I do kind of see that, you know, it is their story, he's had them on this trajectory, whatever, and it's setting up everything else. And I do like that it was just people sitting in a room for a long time because that is unusual. It just, it still feels a little like unbalanced, anticlimactic to me that I feel like we could have inserted something else. Like when they, when they show up in Miss Minutes' is first there, I'm like, oh, it's Miss Minutes. That's something. Yeah. Good to see that going. But I don't know. I, I liked it overall. I, it's that's a fair that's a fair criticism. Okay, I have a lot to say off of <laughs> off of specifically. What Too bad. Uh, as per usual, I have quite a bit to say. Um, so, okay, where to even begin? As far as Jonathan Majors goes, I thought he was fantastic. Um, I'm on board, board with uh, Ernest. Like it is just his performance is eerily creepy. Like it's very cons- like. Um, I don't even know what to describe it as because like the scene where he's in the elevator light. Um, well, the scene where he's like in the elevator, he's like jumping around between them and they're just like trying to kill him and they can't catch him. It's really scary to me. And I have to say it's the most like, I don't know. Like I haven't felt that disturbed by like a Marvel villain. I think maybe since like the Thanos introduction in Infinity War. Okay, what about Carly? Uh, oh, Morgan. Yeah. Well, uh, anti-villain. Who? Uh, exactly, <laughs> Carly Morgenthau from Captain <laughs> the Winter Soldier. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just loved his introduction, and I was okay with the fact that he went from like sarcastic to um, menacing because he wasn't really the full villain like he isn't the king right that is the conqueror he's not king the conqueror he is king he's a different variant of king that knows the evils of what he can be and he's the most self-aware to create the tva um whether that's right or wrong um like just even like that we're having like these kind of like philosophical discussions about like right or wrong like free will all this stuff in a marvel property is very interesting to me and um, and the thing is, I don't look at it as like, oh, he was a big bad to like behind the scenes the entire time. Like if you look at it through the lens of like Kang being a manifestation of time and destiny and everything that Loki and Sylvie have been fighting since the very beginning, um, I don't see him as much as a third party person as much as he is like a, a true manifestation or like kind of metaphor for the thing like time, the, their true enemy is time and timelines and all that stuff. 
and Same. in that regard i think it works perfectly like thematically it's very rich um performances colors like everything about it like the tension is really high by the end of this episode and it, it and like i guess i would have more of an issue if it just was like one of those things where he was a mustache twirling villain and he was trying to open up the multiverse and they have to stop him and then they have to like drop a nuke in the sky and close the wormhole or something instead of like having some weird like instead of having a moment of self-discovery but the entire thing at the end like yeah while he gives his explanation of what's going on with the tva and like why he created it and who he is it all comes back down to loki and like what they're willing to risk and how how different they really truly are from each other by the end and how they don't realize that until they're putting that ultimatum of what they need to do or what they think they need to do yeah i i was thinking about that when you get to the point because we have this extended exposition dump where he essentially like explains who he is and what his role is and then when we get to the end of that there's this moment where he says that they've reached the threshold and the way that moment is shot is perfect because the camera sort of oh it's so good first of all we (laughs) barely even see uh loki and sylvie during that whole we get pretty much no reaction shots that's great um during that whole thing and which is a choice to not cut to your main character i wonder if that's a covid thing if they weren't in the same room because we've seen that i think they were it might that's why it might be but but there's plenty of shots where they are in the same yeah but i mean just like for reshoots potentially but that moment in particular where the camera just kind of pushes in on majors and he says that they're through the, the threshold and then we later get uh, him saying that like he doesn't know what's going to happen yeah. next. That he knew what everything that was going to happen up to that point. And that sort of recontextualizes the whole show a little bit. Because I've been thinking about this idea of like the TVA and everything we've seen on this show existing outside of time. Right? That, you know, there's no, there's no concept of... Uh, this being 2012 Avengers Loki experiencing this in the days following him grabbing the Tesseract cube. Like that, that, you know, that's how our feeble monkey ape brains can process it. But that's not exactly how it it plays out in this, you know, out of time sort of realm. And to have a character that says that he's from the 31st century talk about how he's battled multiple versions of of himself from other multiverses and that he's lived a million lifetimes now be at a point where he's reached this threshold and now doesn't know what's going to happen it seems like this was all headed to this moment and that the journey that loki and sylvie have been on is this sort of like nexus event if you will of the the multiverse sort of spiraling out into all these branches it seems like we didn't know it at the time but this whole thing with loki was that kind of breaking point of uh, these journeys meeting and the end of this version of kang's uh journey giving way to everything that's going to come next yeah and it's funny you brought up like the like the monkey brain thing because like at the beginning of this episode uh with the marvel logo and the way like you hear 
all these like iconic lines throughout the MCU, like overplaying. Oh yeah, we have to talk. That about is that. so cool, by the way. Like the way they did the opening, because that made me sit up right off the bat. I was like, what? <laughs> and no fucking skip intro button through that. No, because it was. Because we gotta hear that. Now it's important. It was important, but like it's funny, like the way like it shoots out into like the multiverse, and you see like the cosmos and everything, and you're just kind of like going through the different branches of reality. I hate to be that guy. Like, you know, it's Lynchian kind of stuff, but like it, it gave 2001 vibes a little bit, like with when he he's seeing like the all knowledge of everything. And he, he is this the part where you say Fast Nine is better than 2001 A Space um, Odyssey? No, that's uh, that's for uh, What If episode three. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you don't, you, you're going to have to wait for F10 and 11 when we see Dom travel in his. Through dimensions. Uh, charger through dimensions exactly See, if dom just gave kang a corona like it would it would all be i think <laughs> resolved quite frankly um no but <laughs> and also like another thing i want to mention before we obviously go further into the mechanics and the science and the what ifs and hows and everything um is greta thunberg um the who oh in the oh the greta thunberg the, the, uh, yeah you're right right I, I forgot yeah i love that it's quotes from like Maya Angelou and Greta Thunberg and Nelson Mandela and then in all that you in hear, the midst of it, what is grief it's if so not funny. love persevering and I'm like all these like these famous public figures and then Vision it, saying it, the greatest uh, screenwriting line of all time. It very much gives uh, the vibe and not maybe in terms of being completely tone deaf but in Transformers The Last Night when they say that Harriet Tubman was an Autobot and it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they have i haven't seen that but now i have so funny yeah i I haven't (laughs) wow that's i mean huge if true i know you could be easily just lying what is that like how does that what does she transform into they didn't have cars back um, then uh because if if i told you guys the plot of transformers the last night you wouldn't believe me but anthony hopkins (laughs) plays a descendant of king arthur and King uh-huh. Arthur was not, um, or he was a person, but half of the knights in the round table were Autobots. And but what, they were just robots? Like, what did they transform um, into? I, Swords? I don't Swords? know. I don't think they trans. This is before they got cars to transform into. They were just robots. This sounds it's fascinating. Transformers. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write the movie. <laughs> I, I, yes, you did. Well, this sounds fascinating. Like, I have to get to this. Um, but I just remember there's a like a picture of Winston Churchill and next to it is Shia LaBeouf and I'm like okay cool <laughs> this is great um, that's incredible yeah Mark Wahlberg plays a scientist in the movie it's fantastic um, well that's not um, but anyways I don't even know how we got to Transformers but oh yeah yeah with the Greta yeah Thunberg. all the different um, historical figures talking next to like a robot. Um, so, but also I want to say, like, the des- I, we mentioned this last week, but now that we get, like, an interior look at, like, King's Castle and everything, oh my god, the like, the colors, the design, both practical visual effects, everything, oh, like, chef's kiss, beautiful. Have we seen that, like, that black with the gold, like, rippling through it? I feel like we've seen that somewhere before, or am I making that up? Um, I don't know. Maybe in Doctor Strange? Maybe. Maybe, Yeah. But I, that specific coloring, maybe not. I, I Are you know. thinking about the Spider-Man thing that came out today? Well, no, I that's I okay. saw that after, and I was like, oh, but um, no, uh, never mind. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know, like just all the colors and like it. It looks like almost 
the window that looks out into the vast like multiversal space like return of the jedi is incredible yes yeah, yeah it does um yeah no it's it's beautiful to look at like one of the influences um <laughs> uh, no i mean like from start to finish this episode is just gorgeous to look at and um i heard that the cinematographer for the show is doing uh black panther 2 which is I meant I meant to make, I mean to mention this every single time. Her name is Autumn Arkpaw, so she must be related to Adam Arkpaw, who shot the famous oh. episode of True Detective with the long yes. shot. Every single time, meant to mean to mention oh, that I don't shit. say it. No, that's so a, thank that's you. A good find, Murphy. Um, she must be his wife, sister, daughter, mother, aunt. In the TVA, anything's possible. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no. She does a fantastic job with this. Like it is truly. Yeah. I mean, you know, for what it was, Wandavision had good cinematography here and there, and Falcon and Winter Soldier had some. No, it didn't. Moments of compelling, <laughs> like very briefly, but this consistently, like like from episode one, like there was never a point where I was like, oh, this looks like a visually flat, like the entire show. It's just kind of like visually ravishing. It's really good stuff. They are married. It's wife. It's wife. (laughs) Yeah, they're married. Imagine being a cinematography couple. Adam and Autumn. That's, I mean, that's that's the fucking dream. That's how I'm trying to be one day. Um, (laughs) So, so like, okay, to go further into, like, the mechanics and the science and all that. Fun Ugh. nerd bullshit. Well, that reminds me. I wanted to quote um, the great Elon Musk who said, Loki's pretty good. Basically the live-action Rick and Morty with a long romance arc. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel about the show. Based Elon. Um, no, I... <laughs> sure. <laughs> so funny. What an... and then it's coupled with that tweet that's like, guy who's only seen the boss baby watching his second movie. Getting a lot of boss baby vibes from this. <laughs> Getting a lot of Rick and Morty from this Loki show. That How is can a from man guy from Rick and so Morty. rich be so fucking stupid? I'm I'm amazed and by him. So funny. So like so effortlessly funny it's that it relapses. So oh, epic. So epic. So awesome. Um, so winning. So awesome, Dacular. Um, so okay. So yeah, stuckmanized. <laughs> is Elon Musk stuckmanized? He must be. It's not red pilled anymore. It's stuckmanized. Um, okay. Nothing for love, nothing but love for you, Chris. Yeah, King. love Chris. Just, uh, but Stuckman Eyes is like objectively funny. Don't um, know who he is. Um, yeah, Murphy's. He he has his own shows to worry about. He doesn't worry about YouTubers. Um, so, I think the most interesting like mechanic here is the idea that Kang. If I if I'm understanding correctly, he was the first person to ever open the multiverse. I guess that's what's implied. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because it's like he lives a hundred years in the future from us, mm. essentially, or a thousand, a thousand, a, a century. Thousand. Yeah. So ten century would be a thousand. Yeah. So a thousand years in the future, and right now we are already talking about like Mandela effects and the mm. evidence of multiverses in our reality, but it's going to take a thousand years for somebody to actually find uh a path or like concrete evidence um, to it yeah That's it's intense. super intense and i guess to i just because I, lo- I opened up the uh episode saying like i don't like to talk about fan theories anymore after wandavision but that being said um it was interesting like the scene where um hunter b15 is at the high school seeing the uh renslayer 
variant that I guess dies at some point and then they I'm guessing that's one that or they prune and they take to the TVA or something. I'm not sure. Um she must have jumped into the timeline before she yes, gets yes. pruned. Um but um a theory that's been going around that I kind of buy into is that she is like a obviously she's like an educator cuz she works at a school. She's a principal. But she is the very first descendant of Kang to like look into the multiverse, and she is a descendant thousands or hundreds of years prior, a very like a, a long ancestor of Kang, and because they never taught like they just had that brief scene where Hunter B fifteen is there, but they never explain why she's there or what she wants to do with Renslayer. Well, in the comics, Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards. Yeah, um, yeah, because. Oh, because Reed is also like a because like in the comics of the Fantastic Four, um, Reed has a I don't want to say army. He has a council of other Reeds from multiverse, and they uh, it's kind of what um amazing. Kang was explaining in this. Like when he said we shared information, science. That's what we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Well, John Krasinski and Miles Teller and <laughs> even Grufford. Yeah, I <laughs> John David Washington well, sitting in, in big My... chairs in a circle. I'm I'm bummed about um about Moon Knight because my pick for for Mr. Fantastic that is Oscar Isaac. That's good. That's solid. That's really solid. But Ethan Hall. I'm is sure he's fantastic. Sh- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's too old. But maybe he could be a variant. Well, because like that's um what they were explaining about Kang of him like passing on the science and everything they know about like from each universe to each other is kind of essentially what the council of reeds is like they council of ricks <laughs> damn it <laughs> um yeah yeah but like they they just kind of like give each other information but they also like give each other like tabs on like how each earth is doing like and how other variants right. like affect each other like oh this doc Ock is going crazy but this auto octavius won a nobel prize like it's interesting and I, it's just, it's, because I don't know if that's the case in the Kang comics. Like, I don't know. I'm, I haven't read enough about Kang to really know that. But if they're borrowing from Reed Richards' like storyline, the Council of Reeds, um, I think it's interesting that they're borrowing from that and kind of putting it in Kang's story. But if it's both, um, yeah, I could see them tying it into Fantastic Four down the road. Because if I'm not mistaken, Why the not? next appearance of Kang is in Ant-Man and the Wa or... What's it called? Ant-Man Quantumania or something? Ant-Man and the Wasp colon Quantumania. Of course. Is there a colon? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Semicolon. <not>? Ellipses. <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp ellipses Quantumania. Um, yeah, with an exclamation. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Like, everybody wants them. Um, so, but basically what he found was, like, when he opened the multiverse up, that... Yes, in this long exposition dump, a lot of uh, telling and not see, showing. Yes, but it's also extremely cool what he's talking about, so I was pretty locked into it. Yes. Um, also, people need to know this stuff that don't read, like, you know, whatever Hollywood Reporter right. or... Um, not even Hollywood Reporter, but watch, like, YouTube theory videos or whatever... Yeah. Like there's the 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 regular people that watch this show that aren't <laughs> mentally insane like us, right? Uh, yeah, they, shout out to them. They're not listening. <laughs> they need to have like an actual explanation of what's happening. And Adam and I were kind of talking about this before starting recording, but I almost feel like even given this 
exposition dump, there's still going to be people that have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. So well, yeah, because it's all a mess. It's it's all like time travel doesn't make any sense, and especially not when you start adding all this stuff to it. So it doesn't it doesn't really just just do whatever. Like because at this point it's like after Endgame, I'm like you just you go off, you do whatever you want. It's it's fun. Have yeah. Fun. It seems like it is going to be different enough from um, what's his name Thanos though, because Thanos had yeah, this like for sure this notion of like trying to be bring balance to everything or whatever this is a little bit different this is we're gonna get to see multiple versions of the same character (laughs) like that's i think that's what made jonathan majors want to sign on to play this character no that he is gonna get it was also the six-figure acting chops no no he's doing it out of the (laughs) kindness of his heart (laughs) oh he's it's pro bono yeah it's it's pro bono he loves kevin feige and they're buds. Me too. They go Hi, way Kevin. back. Um, um, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, other than a six-figure paycheck, obviously, it must be um, on the same level of appealing as like Wandavision, where instead of like different eras and like acting as different like sitcom stereotypes, you get to actually play a different variant of each character, but like just different enough each time, and that's interesting to me. And um, also, I think Jonathan Majors is like such a compelling actor that like. I can't wait to see what his King the Conqueror is because I know it's going to be. That is, I am looking forward to him doing that. I am confident he is going to pull that yeah, off. Yeah, because it's a completely different character than He Who Remains. But like whatever, because in the comics, He Who Remains is not even the King at all. That's a different character completely. He's just old as shit. So, that's what I said last week. Because uh, remember, I said like there's a few other possibilities, but I don't think they're going to do He Who Remains. So when they said that before they revealed Jonathan Majors, I was like, really? He who remains? Like, Al Pacino. Did you think I, Al Pacino? I, it crossed my mind once. And I... Yeah, devil's advocate. Yeah, hoo-ah. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's really, like, honestly, everything with Kang is just really compelling. And, like, the idea that this guy who completely ruined Sylvie's life, like, everything about her, all the trauma really stems from Kang in the multiversal war, something she had no part of, but this, yeah. um, the set timeline and these rules that she didn't know and she had to follow, um, is what ruined her just by her existing. And you know what that makes me think though, now that you say that, is there a chance that he actually did know what was going to happen next? And he knew that he was about to die and that she was going to kill him. Well, that's... And that was her purpose. Because it's still, like, obviously, even though she's going to do that, we're still going to fight and it's still going to all be resolved. So maybe it's like the Doctor Strange one thing where going through all that is still going to fix it better than it would if he had left it to the two of them. I I definitely get what you're saying, and I I don't think it's impossible. I do kind of lean towards it's true that he didn't know what was happening next. Because just thematically, that's super compelling is, like, the idea that the one thing that Sylvie has been, like, like looking for this entire series has been, like, an, uh, just an area where she wasn't under the watch of the TVA. Like, where they had no idea where she would be next, um, how to get to her or anything. Like, where her, her steps cannot be traced, right? And now she's finally at this point where she's with the person that, who has watched over her her entire life. And he doesn't know what to like 
where to go next. And that's just really interesting to me. Like, she finally has this chance that she's always looking for. And of course she's going to take it. But then you, like, you mirror that to Loki, who has gone on a completely different journey of, like, becoming a good person. And, like, what happens when someone who has gone through so much trauma and has one goal in mind is finally given that opportunity. And yet this other character who has, it's weird. Like he's done terrible things. He hasn't had the good character development yet that he's gone through, but the person that's made him become good is doing things that could harm so many people. Like what does he? Does we, he... we agree that that is that was the wrong choice, right? Like that was on par with Peter Quill just having to punch Thanos, like messing well, up everything I think for it's, yourself. I think it's equally compelling to that because yeah, it's the wrong choice. But I think it's, it's more all... compelling than that. But uh, no, still the wrong choice. No, no. What I'm saying is it's it's equally compelling. I think because it's like it's the wrong choice, but you also understand why they did it. Yeah. But is it isn't the compelling thing that it is a choice? Yes. Because what this what this show was setting up is the idea that nobody has a choice, that it's all predetermined by the sacred timeline, mm-hmm. and that if you deviate from that, you get fucking pruned to the void. Yeah. Or or you know whatever, like that. The idea that it is a choice is what's compelling, I think, because you know from a meta perspective from us just watching the show, like we need our characters to make choices for us to care about them. Right. Like we need to care about what's going to happen. And if nothing matters because nobody's making a choice or, or, or illusion or choices and illusion and nothing that they do matters, then we don't care about what we're seeing on screen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's really like, because, like, at the end, when she's um about to kill him, and Loki's like, like, think about this. Because, like, if she actually thought about it, and she wasn't, like, thinking out of revenge, and just out of, like, finally, I have this guy, this figure where I want him. Like, she maybe would have sided with Loki, but she has so much vengeance, and rightfully so in that moment, that she doesn't even listen to Loki. She completely... Um, just throws aside all everything they've done together, been through together, all the self-realization they've had together has been thrown out the window because her trauma outweighs the brief time she's been with Loki. Because she's really sad. Like that whole interaction between them, like their fight, and you see like his desperation. He's like, "You really, you can't trust me, but I really mean it." It's like when he's like, "It's not about a throne." She just doesn't believe him, and that's what she kept saying. Like every time Kang said anything, it cuts her. She's like, "You're lying." That's not true. I don't believe you. Like every yeah. single thing. You're like, okay, but she really, she can't. She refuses to, to accept yeah. any of it. And it's it's having them like go back and forth, and him like standing in front of uh like in front of Kang with the blade to his neck was like that was really affecting. Yeah, it, it was really good, and it's it, it's just I don't know, and like also the idea that like yeah, he's terrible. Like Kang is an awful like being he's just terrible he has caused so much hurt to so many people but it truly is nothing in comparison to like what king the conqueror is going to be yeah and like it's what a necessary evil like all this multiversal evil will truly do like because like i think even like just as marvel fans like they're not really prepared for how wacky the multiverse stuff is going to be like 
you think Spider-Man No Way Home is even like half of that? Like whenever we get to like Secret Wars or like uh, oh. Mat- Multiverse of Madness, like all this shit, you are going to see some stuff you never even dreamed of. And it's going to be fun and exciting, but you're also going to see like a lot of characters you love go through some serious heartache. Um, oh, and I've that done just ex- that enough. But that excites me <laughs> so, so much as a fan because um, I, I've always been flimsy on the idea of multiverse, but the way they're presenting it now, it, it feels like they are aware. Because like the, the, the thing with the comic multiverse is like they've always used it as an excuse to reboot. They've used it as an excuse to like have endless relaunches of characters because the publishers get tired or the authors of the comic or like the artist or whatever, they get tired of doing it. So they want to keep it in canon, but they want to reboot to profit and all this stuff. But the shows and the movies, the MCU seem to be taking the parts of it that I like and launching from there, which is like, you know, the, the mechanics of the multiverse, the, the the thematics of it all. Like, what does that do to the character that you know, the one you've been following for 10 years, to be confronted with, like, with all these variants of themselves and how they... I think that's that's it, the best thing they can do, because I think with Thanos, they, they stretched it as, as big as they could with all the reality and, and mind and time and whatever. Like, everything that we know was condensed into the infinity gauntlet and then we did that and it's over so what else can you do now besides yeah. like expand past all like our reality um yeah. i don't know what the hell they're gonna do right. in 2035 in thunderbolt season five but i'm sure they'll think of something <laughs> no and we talked about this in previous weeks like do you ever close the multiverse like is that ever an option and like i i think there's gonna be a point where we put the cap on it for a bit like where we continue to ride the mcu like we just go on that wave again but it's never going to be fully closed. Like, once this episode happened... Because, like, I literally was... I was talking to my TV last night. Like, when, they, when it TVA. happened. My TVA. Um, when the multi... When, like, it had the shot of the branches, like, forming, and she kills mm. Kang. I just... I, like, shouted at my TV. I'm like, you did it. It's done. Like, yeah. it's... <laughs> You're like, they're Sony. I... <laughs> <laughs> there goes Punisher Warzone. <laughs> Hey, there's Agents of Shield. I was just about to That's say the that. one Adam gets the most excited about. He loves Agents of Shield. I like Agents of Shield barely. Okay. I, it was, I it that was in good in that era. Like season one two, and two ish. Like that was a good era of like. As soon as we get off done with every episode off mic, <laughs> Adam's like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta watch Agents I gotta of go Shield. Like, Adam, it. it's not even running anymore. He's like, yes, it is. In my heart. Well, before we get off that, that I mean, this is kind of like just totally off of the Loki conversation, but like, since you brought up what's coming down the line, I like to me Endgame is as good as it gets for these movies. I will be shocked if they ever match how good that was. Um, It just, I just don't see it happening. Cause especially because Endgame didn't just feel like the end of phase three or whatever no it was the end it was that that's how i feel yeah it was the the end they finally ended now is just bonus which is why i'm not like i don't get as bent out of shape exactly exactly so now that we're in a post endgame world it's like it's hard to get like as invested as i was pre endgame and it's interesting to see like how phase four so far is like going into different branches if you will and what you mean with Black Widow? Exactly. So, so <laughs> when you look at 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and uh, the Hawkeye show that's coming. I don't really care about that, like, at all, compared to what we saw in WandaVision, now Loki. And, yeah, I was with you until Hawkeye. And, and what we're going to get with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't know where Shang-Chi is going to fit into that. I don't know where Eternals is going to fit into that. But right now it feels like they are sort of like splitting the phase into these, you know, the crazy multiverse shit. And so, so the more grounded on the on the the ground type of stuff. Yeah. And There's Earth mystical space. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's hard. It's interesting because like in early days of MCU, it was kind of flipped a little bit. Where the the Thors were not as highly regard, regarded as the Captain Americas, you know. So now it's like a little bit of the opposite, where like right. the, the Captain America is not as highly regarded as like the Thors. Uh, yeah. We'll see where Love and Thunder falls. Like I don't know what's gonna happen yeah. with that. Um, yeah. But right now, I'm more invested in what's happening here and what we're seeing here with Loki than in what yeah. we just saw with Black Widow. I was literally thinking that last night because, like, when I was at the uh, at the theater with my friend Zach watching Black Widow, they did the little like every, before every movie, they show that like uh, Marvel welcomes you back to the movies thing at Regal, and um, I was watching it last night, and I was just thinking like, where does this shit fit in, like, like timeline wise, like with the multiverse and like Loki, like, um, like with the idea of like the multiverse like finally breaking out, like where does Shang Chi even fit in there? You know, where does like where can you justify like I, how is Ant Man gonna stop Kang? Like, what does this have to do with? It's just I don't know, but I I trust Kevin. I really do. I'm, I'm oh, no. confident oh, that he has it all figured out. No, I do too. Uh, like that big bald nerd. We love him. <laughs> well, because he um, I was watching an interview with him the other day. Uh, I think Rotten Tomatoes was the the outlet and he was kind of talking about like, it was like a good like 40 minute interview where he was talking about the past and also the, like what's going on right now, like Loki and Black Widow. He's, he was also talking about the future. He said like, he wasn't going in too deep, but just like, again, he just, I don't know if it's just, he's a great businessman or if it's just, he really knows everything. Like he really is Kang almost. It's like, he is, he felt so assured and he's like, yeah, we have a plan and you're going to see it and you're going to love it. And it's going to be, yeah, good. I think it's both. Yeah. It's, I think he's really good with big stories and I think he is a smart businessman. No, it's, it's really, cause every time I, and listen, I think he's really cute. <laughs> yeah. With that little baseball cap. It's always a different one. What's underneath his, he probably has a closet. That's just baseball um, caps. Remy Ratatouille <laughs> is underneath. That's his <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> Cooking up dope in the crock pot. Um, so I feel like we've spent enough time on that specific area, like where they're talking in like Kang's little office. Because I want to go. No, to... I have other things. Oh, do you? There, just little things. There's one point where he says, "You've all done ter- terrible, horrible, horrific things," and I'm like, that just that confused me because terrible and horrible mean the same thing, but terrible is to ter- is not to terrific as horrible is to horrific. So shouldn't horrific be a good so thing is this like or your... terrib- terrific be a good thing so this doesn't matter is what you're saying you're you're going and off like on you know okay. the english they say things like you know it's terribly you know it's terribly well balanced like they say <laughs> things like that so i think i think terrific and terribly should have this should be good and horrific and horribly should mean bad sure 
Speaking of the British, uh, Renslayer, my favorite character, um, her very first line in this when uh, Owen Wilson storms in, she says, uh, I said it wasn't to be disturbed, like in a completely, like, completely British accent. It's like it's not even up for debate. It's it's like totally the rhythm of it is, I, I said it wasn't to be disturbed. Like, she sounded like Sylvie, and I just, I laugh my ass off at it in the morning. You're the only one. Like, I swear to God. I She is British. She's English. Of course so she, she is. Slipped. <laughs> she slipped. Um, I thought it was very funny. Very off topic, but I saw like a very funny tweet the other day. It was like a gif of um, Tom Holland fading away in Infinity War when he does. And it said uh, Florence Pugh's Russian accent like in two years in MCU movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, okay, is that all your nitpicks, Murphy? Um... Because remember, we're off for uh, yeah. three weeks after this, so you gotta, you gotta. Uh, we are not. Well, when it comes to um, talking about actual like weekly content, I, I'm I'm confused still about the, like the how Mobius got back to the TVA and why it's a threat at all that he'll get pruned again when he can just pop back. Do we do we follow up on that? Sylvie grabbed um, the mm, what's it called the the, temp the time hop thing, and she pruned herself. And then she met right. up with him in the pizza mobile, and that's okay. when he got it. Oh yeah, and, asked and answered. Yeah, Ernest pays attention. I don't apparently because I did not have an answer for Murphy last. Yeah, week you only watched them three times each. I wouldn't yeah. expect you to remember anything. True. I I gotta say I am so glad that this show is getting a sec- a second season, because right. if it, six episodes is not enough to no. tell the story that they wanted to tell, and you know, where we left off all these characters, like nothing was resolved. Yeah. More doors were opened. More questions God, are, are when, lingering. So well, when Loki rushes in and no one was like, okay, calm down. Or you're an agent. What's your number? He's yeah. like, oh. I was like, oh no. Yeah, no I, I, I felt <laughs> it's like, it. At that oh. moment. It was a great cliffhanger. And also like, even aside from like him clearly being like in another branch reality, which I'm still yeah. wondering, did Sylvie intend that, or did she just do that? Yeah, I, I don't think she did. I think she just opened a portal, and she's used to him going to the TV that they both know. But now that the branch realities are forming outside, when she opens up a time hop, thank you, Murphy, um, mm-hmm. it just can go to any reality. She doesn't know what she's doing, so she um, unconsciously yeah. kind of just threw him into a random timeline. I hope that's true um, because otherwise, that's very mean. And it seems like she sent him to the exact timeline where Kang the Conqueror originates. And holy shit, that final shot of him just with full of anxiety. And he's like staring at the abyss of just a giant Kang the Conqueror statue. They cut to credits. Oh, (laughs) chills. Chills. Perfect. Um, The the little stamp. Season two. (laughs) I love that this show is leaning into just being a TV show because for a long time, these movies have been massive, ginormous episodes of TV. Right. And they should embrace that. They yeah. shouldn't be yeah. scared of that. Absolutely. That's what they are. Just lean into it. And yeah. it's it's hard for us as audience members to lean into it because, you know, frankly, it's frustrating to see, like, movies – uh, lose their cinematic, you know, quality of, of being just a a single story. Yeah. You know, 
But we still have those, you know? We still, like, I saw Zola recently, and that's just, like, a movie. So we, you know, those movies don't make money. These are the movies that pay the bills. <laughs> well, I think the best MCU movies do both. Like, I think, like, Captain America Winter Soldier, like, does both of those very effectively. We are yeah. long thing. past the days uh, of that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I think in both a good and a bad way, we're, like, remember back in 2014 where the most subversive thing you could do is like shield is gone like but like even mm-hmm. when you rewatch that movie now uh. or now it's like oh that, yeah i feel it in that moment because it's a it's almost like a time capsule of like an right. era that's 10 years past almost now and which is crazy to think about like it yeah god yeah old movie. i mean at this point um, we've just been conditioned to expect these movies to just lead into the next one like i yeah. sat down to watch black widow and like that's it's it's a fine movie like i enjoyed it for what it was but in the back of my head i was thinking like okay what's what's gonna be the thing that leads into the next thing (laughs) it's hard to like break away from that conditioning well because i i do want to say um like because feige mentioned recently and i feel like he said this like extremely deliberately almost as like a warning to to, like any future actors where he said it's like uh the future of like six-year contracts and multi-million dollar deals are over and it makes me wonder I'm like was black widow only made because scarlet had it in her contract yes. like no other yes reason. um yes. which i mean i liked black widow like we did a the app on it I, I gave it a positive review but like well they I, wanted to make that movie for years yeah. but fucking ike perlmutter of marvel entertainment right. was like a hard no which it, uh the original like runner but like when he, because Ike used superstar, he used to be very in creative control, and then when he finally left, is when the MCU started doing wackier. Well, shit. I don't think he left. I think they just restructured he the, well, he, the org chart so that he left. Kevin is now chief creative he, officer or something. Well, he left the um, the the job of making any kind of decisions that have any influence right. whatsoever, basically, and uh, all for the better. Because I because I remember the first year um, that I was like. Because, like, you know, 2016 was great because you had Captain America Civil War. But then I liked Doctor Strange, but, it like, it wasn't, like, as good as Civil War, in my humble opinion, at least, you know. But, like, 2017, which I believe was the first year where Ike oh, Romanar didn't produce any of those movies. And, like, the three back-to-back, and I know Murphy doesn't agree with me here, but Guardians Volume 2 and oh. Spider-Man and Thor, like, back-to-back-to-back. Guardians 2 is so good. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I won our bracket, right, movie. Murphy? Like, it did, yeah. yeah. Against my will, but I was okay with it. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. I love movie. that movie. It's a, it's a that perfect movie, movie makes me cry. Yeah, it's. I, I think Guardians Volume 2, while maybe not my favorite MCU movie, period, it represents the very best of what Marvel yeah. can be. And the brilliant character work that you can do with these weird characters that you didn't know you cared about prior to walking to the theater. And... I get emails from a raccoon. Yeah, it's... Nothing is crazy to me. <laughs> um, but that being said, uh, another report that came out today um, was that not only, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like Loki was renewed for season two, but he's going to also be in Doctor Strange too. Is this is confirmed? Oh. From the Hollywood I saw the Reporter. Rumor. Oh, good. Or they said he's heavily expected to appear. But if the Hollywood Reporter oh, is saying Heavily it, expected. Like... I hope to one day be heavily expected. <laughs> heavily expected. But, like, I mean, Doctor Strange 2 really seems to be, like, a big puzzle piece yeah. to, like, this whole Sam Raimi, baby. 
Yeah, let's yes. fucking go. I, I keep forgetting about that. Like, because I, I get so bogged down. Bruce Campbell's gonna be in it. You know it. Oh, a hundred percent. I, well, because like, he posts on Instagram a uh, a picture of the script, which I think is fake, but I'm not com- entirely convinced it is. Where he was in character as Ash from Evil Dead. Um, did you guys see this? <laughs> that would be insane. No. It's like Doctor Strange like lands at a random branch reality. And he goes up to a weird farmhouse and uh, Ash is like holding the Necronomicon and uh, he just has like a chainsaw arm. It's like the, did you ever see that Seth MacFarlane movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West? God, no. Where, I okay. part of it in a hotel. Well, there's a scene in that movie where he just randomly walks into a barn and Doc Brown from Back to oh, the Oh, right. Avengers. The DeLorean yeah. is there, yeah. Um, it's, it's like the most random thing. And it kind of plays like that. But like, if they actually did that, they got the rights for Evil Dead and like, I don't know, like, but at this point, like, why not? You know, doesn't Disney own Stars, which produced the don't show? don't do this to my brain. I don't want to think about everything. They I, I think they do. <laughs> no, um, Stars is Sony. Well, they're all in codes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But have I, you guys I, talked about how um, the writer of Loki is also writing, or one of the writers of Loki is writing Doctor Strange too? The, the head writer, right, Michael Waldron yeah. or whatever his yeah. name is, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it, but I definitely think that's interesting because, and he's also doing, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. Is that still happening? Yeah, dude. I, I with Star Wars, I I don't even know. Oh, if, me, me too. If I was checking if out. it's happening or not anymore. Um. Well, I know the next one they're doing for Star Wars is that uh, X-wing movie with Patty Jenkins. I I feel oh, like that probably won't even me. happen either. <laughs> After Wonder Woman 1984, I. My enthusiasm is very down. It's going to be ass, and you know it. Probably, but... I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see a Star Wars movie for a long time, and they just doubled down on Disney+. Plus. I'm fine I'd like to that. never see a Star Wars movie again. I Maybe, like, in 30 years, when, like... I, in 3021? God. Um, in, like, 30 Kang. years, when there's so many yeah. Marvel movies, where, like, on Spider-Man 18, The Return of Miles Morales, and I'm just, like content content and then like a great f- just seeing the return of the skywalkers i'm gonna be like oh yeah star infinite Wars. content i'm infinitely content jesus um but after the last jedi i think i checked out kind of like a little bit so okay yeah but anyways are we done yes yeah. <laughs> um we gotta put that on a t-shirt well, i have to ask um because I, I feel like i know where murphy stands but like ask me Ernie, where would you like? How would you rank these Disney Plus shows? And throw in the Mandalorian too, just for good measure. Like these big budget Disney Plus shows so far. Um, well, it's kind of hard for me to lump Mandalorian in with these. Don't listen to him. Just do Marvel. Um, <laughs> I really like season two of Mandalorian. Uh-huh. I think season one is okay. Uh, I think they really figured their shit out for season two. So I'd. I really like Loki. I might put Loki and season two of the Mandalorian, like pretty much kind of on the same little tier. Then below that, probably like WandaVision and season one of Mando. And then below that Falcon and the winter soldier. Murphy. Um, yeah. yeah. Falcon, Falcon and the winter soldier, a lot of potential there. Yeah. Like, the idea of having a black Captain America reckon with the idea of, like, not wanting to be Captain America and, like, feeling like he needs to, like, 
get himself to a point where he wants to be Captain America. Like, that's a good idea. You know, like, the weight of that. Didn't really if only capitalize they had on it. Done it with some tact. And some, yeah, kind kind intrigue. of kind of just left it just on the on the table there. Um, so that one's pretty low for me. If I'm looking at my MCU rankings, I put Falcon and Winter Soldier like definitely in my bottom tier. Um, WandaVision just a hair above that, just a couple ticks above that, and then Loki is like just shy of my top 10. It's like in my number 12 slot right now. Yeah. I was stressing yeah. with where I'm going to put that because I think the back half of it is definitely stronger than the front half. Like I, I thought a lot of it felt kind of flat and generic and not funny in, in the first start, but it, it genuinely, no, with Loki, oh. it, it, it won me over as it went. Well, it's true of Falcon Wars Soldier too, but um, so I, I find it, it hard to, to place it, but it'll probably be pretty high. But if I had to yeah. rank all of them, It'd be WandaVision, in treatment season one, in treatment season two, Loki, in treatment season three, in treatment reboot, Mandalorian season two, what? Mandalorian season one, Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, wait, did I miss Loki? Where did, where did you put that again? Somewhere in the middle. Oh, I'm not doing that Okay, again. okay. I thought I just I thought you were really ranking Mando above. Did I say Loki? I don't think you said Loki, unless I just missed it completely. I was like, uh, it's it, I, I I like WandaVision better. I always will. Loki, I think he's probably better overall, but it's still second. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's in treatment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's uh, I mean, I don't know because like Mando High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah, I gotta watch that. I watched. Monsters at work. <laughs> um, I liked the first. Um, what am I saying? I, I saw the first few episodes of High School Musical, uh, the series, and it wasn't bad. But I'm not gonna watch it just out of principle of me being too old to watch it. Um, but nobody will know because <laughs> you won't be allowed to tell them. How um, will they know? Um, so I think I would go. I don't know. I feel like Murphy's going to strangle me for saying this, but I think Mando season two is still like my ceiling. Why are we putting Mandalorian? Because it's like big budget Disney plus storytelling. Like okay. I'm kind of throwing it in the mix. Um, so Mando season two, maybe, yeah, Loki season one, or just Loki. I don't know why I'm saying season one. Uh, Mandalorian season one, then WandaVision. And then, I don't know. I guess Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, it's like it, it's. I don't think it's bad at all. It's just some of those episodes and like some of those, I like the finale really just left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Even though like I loved all the Sam Wilson stuff, just like the the flag smashers and all the, I they just wrapped it up really sloppily. And we I think, love the flag smash a flag. I, I the thing is Even the flag were, rippers, flag terrors. Just like, like terror, that's a double entendre. Well, like the idea of them was like super compelling, but like most things in that show, they just didn't flush it out to any compelling yeah. degree. That's the thing about that show that on paper it's the best thing that Marvel has ever done. Yeah, and then the execution is incredibly sloppy. And I I feel like COVID is probably a lot to blame for that because yeah. I think they were like in the middle of production when covid hit they talk about they that did in the, the little whole thing over because of the like the virus plot line which i think just leave it in yeah i don't because like it, it's not like you're unleashing covid into the world in the show like you're it's a different virus it's not the same now that would have been a marketing <laughs> idea 
Captain America saving COVID. Um, Disney Marvel themed vaccines. I think another issue is just that the head writer, Nate Moore, he's just not a very good writer. Like he's not, um, he, I feel like he has like all the flashiness down, but he doesn't have like the bite of like a uh, Michael Waldron or something. Like it doesn't go that extra mile to make it truly compelling, you know, like it's very on the surface and it's good at first glance, but like, as you sit with it, especially after watching Loki, it's just not on that same level, but um I don't know. Loki season two, I'm excited about. Um, very much so. And what's the next one? Hawkeye? No. It's what if? Yeah, right? baby. No, it's what if Shinji, uh, oh, Miss Marvel. Who cares about the movie? Eternals, we're in TV town, Hawkeye, we're in, Spider-Man. We're in TV town, buddy. The next thing is Miss Marvel, I believe. Um, After what if? Sounds about right. Um, then Hawkeye. Yeah. And then uh, Thunderbolt season 18 and... Uh, Inhuman season nine and uh, Armor Wars. Armor Wars season twenty-seven. The return of Cheadle. Um, uh, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I almost forgot. Well, I got to give a shout out to twenty-three nominations uh, for Wandavision. Love to see Is that them. True? And twenty-three. Recognized. Twenty-three. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay. Uh, you know, they got three different writing nominations: directing, actor, actress, sporting actress, a slew of you know cinematography, costume. But the most exciting Marvel nomination was uh, Don Cheadle, That's best so guest funny. actor at Falcon <laughs> Winter Soldier. So funny, literally, what like one scene in that entire show? I'm yes, I think maybe two. His, his, he was really good in it, though. For, yeah, almost as good as I'm sure he is in Space Jam too. <laughs> um, Agony. Yeah. <laughs> Pain. Well, that. <laughs> Um, his Twitter reaction was super funny. He's like, "Yeah, I don't really get it either." Like, He's like, "Huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, what show? What was I in?" <laughs> There's a tweet also with um this guy. He met Lawrence Fishburne on the side of the like of the road in New York one day. Oh yeah, I saw and that. he's like, "I loved you in Ant-Man and the Wasp." He's like, "What? Oh yeah, I was in that, wasn't I?" He's like, "I wasn't in that." Like, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, also, imagine getting to meet Lawrence Fishburne, being like, "I loved you in Ant-Man and the Wasp." Get out the Matrix. But not John Wick three, but Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Um, uh, I watched uh, No Sudden Move today. Don Cheadle's fucking great. In Don's that. great. Good in that movie. movie. Yeah. Really good movie. If you don't want, um, if you're st- if you're trying to content and you just want to watch a good old fashioned movie on your paid content subscription service called HBO Max, um, watch that movie. It, it's really yeah. good. watching treatment. It's really quite good. Daddy made your favorite open wide. <laughs> It's it's really yeah. good. It's really good. Um, I would watch a whole series of movies about that character that Cheadle plays in No Sudden Move. In Space Jam? Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, did we ever talk... God. My last Loki thing before I wrap it up. Did we ever talk about the TVA is just Tenet? Like, it's literally just Tenet. I don't know that it's literally just Tenet. But Tenet doesn't exist outside of time. They're still know, attached to time. They run through time. But it's, st- like, still. It's still, like, time people. Okay, now I'm thinking instead of Robert Pattinson, Owen Wilson, in Tenet, would have been better. Hold on a second. You just reminded me something. about something that I wanted to bring up. So, that little animation that we see at the beginning of the show that explains the sacred timeline, Miss Minutes, mm-hmm. uh-huh. that basically says that there's one reality, Right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. what is Doctor Strange looking at in his 14 billion possible outcomes? 
What is what is he looking at? Also, where does alligator Loki come f- from? If there's one sacred timeline, I have no answers to these questions. <laughs> I think I think it's it's a mess. I think it's like there isn't an answer. I'm sure somebody well, out there somewhere like has I said, an answer. Like I said, crocodile Adam Loki and uh, frog Thor are probably from the same place and. Uh, Gator Loki is like the last hole to put him in a jar at the bottom of the dirt. <laughs> He's a little stinker. He's a little stinker. Um, the the way I think about it in my head is that the sacred timeline is not one timeline. Mm-hmm. It is the multiverse like wrangled together. It's like into a bunch like of Twizzlers. A, exactly into like a pipeline. I wish they could see our hand motions. <laughs> and and if they deviate, if anybody deviates too far away from that. Then that's when they get pruned. But there is a bunch of alternate realities that fit in this sacred timeline uh, Twizzler, it's, if you will. It's a, yeah, that sounds good to me. It's um, it's one of those. Th- it's just like Tenet, really, where they tell you like, don't don't think about it. Just yeah. Just feel it. <laughs> Sorry, I've never been on trial for where Frog Thor and <laughs> G- Gator Loki comes from before. I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. <laughs> Had to squeeze that in. <laughs> um, Ernie. Thank you. Oh, God. I, I really did think about what I gave. It's like the one joke in that movie. It's, it's good. It, it's, a, it's a funny movie, actually. Um, the movie rips. It's a great it's movie. It's better and better with time. It's a, nice. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. That's the only issue. Right. Um, <laughs> Ernie, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Of course. It, it was a pleasure. Um, yes. You know what? I Happy to be here. You're the expert here. Plug away. Plug plug to like all your heart desires. Tell us everything. Check out We Bought a Mic wherever you listen to podcasts. We is ju- that a play on We Bought a Zoo? We did an episode on We Bought a Zoo. It was our- but is that like why it, that's the title? You know, my subconscious sometimes plays tricks on me. <laughs> and he, even if I wasn't actively thinking about Matt Damon buying a zoo at the time, deep in my subconscious and my dreams, yeah. he was there. Can I just... That's just kind of what I assume. I just want to say, I think Matt Damon buying a zoo is a nexus event. Like, it, it's something that happens across all realities. No matter what timeline you go into, it happens. I lost my mind when I saw that movie. Like, how do you buy, how do you just buy a zoo? Hey, he used all his wife, dead wife's money. How are you allowed to it. do that? Why? Sometimes you don't have to ask questions. You have to chase your dreams and I, kiss Elle Fanning. Why didn't the real estate listing say zoo on it at the top? <laughs> so that you knew what it you did. were buying. <laughs> anyway, we bought a mic wherever you listen to podcasts. We bought a mic.net is our website. If you want to see uh, our full archive of episodes, lots of goodies for you to dig into. Uh, we just did F9 with Adam. That's our newest episode you can check out. Um, we just did a bunch of Nicolas Cage episodes, like I alluded to earlier, 16 in total. So pick out your favorite Cage movie from the bunch. Listen to it. National Treasure Book of Secrets. Um, I uh, was on their National Treasure app, though. So Yeah, another Adam app. So, yeah. yeah, check that out. Um, we go we go off. We talk some good Cage. We, uh, we go into the memes of it all. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Loki is probably uh, it, it just popping in the background of the Declaration of Independence <laughs> and just keeping an eye on the, the timeline there, making sure that it gets stolen by Nick Cage. Um, but yeah, as for me, I'm at Caldernist on most platforms, including Letterboxd, where you can see me uh, 
logging all the things I've been watching. Um, and yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be back uh, anytime um, to talk shit with you guys. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. No, it was a pleasure. And I, I concur with Bam. Uh, I say this every time you guys are on any of you guys, but you guys are the reason why I'm even into podcasting. So uh, if you want to see Aww. where I... Yeah, you're a branch timeline. I really am. Uh, the, the, I can't remember the first episode you had me on for with Wabam, but whenever that happened... I think it was um, a wrinkle in time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, fitting. And <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, no, that sounds about right. Um, or maybe hereditary. It was one of those. They both sound about right, um, but ever since hard to tell those two ever apart. since they uh, ever since that happened, I've just been on the been on the podcast train, just grinding out content on a weekly basis. Um, so yeah, it's always a pleasure to have Ernie on. Um, definitely listen to We Bought a Mic. Uh, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, letterboxed Adam Sidorius and. Uh, yeah, uh, other podcasts, Millennial Canon. We are going through July Light still, where we are, uh, as of next week, we're going to be doing Breaking Dawn Part 1. And boy, oh boy, am I exhausted. Um, so, <laughs> Murph. I need to watch that with uh, you. Do it. I dare you. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Murphy. Hi, I'm Murphy Kenefic. Uh That's K E N E F S in Florida Project, uh, I C K. I am on Twitter, Instagram all of the things that you can find me i have another podcast which is on hiatus called objection argumentative which is where i fight with my friends about things that matter to them um that is all i will say at this time awesome adam is not paying attention snapchatting somebody um oh god one of his thousand tinder matches no doubt uh, actually i was i was snapchatting one of our only listeners (laughs) okay any why are you getting on my case? I'm allowed to not Snapchat true. We have pop. thousands of listeners. That's true. In the thousands of branch realities. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is that it? What? <laughs> you just started a story. Like I was Snapchatting somebody and then you just gave up. Do on you want to go on the whole story? I don't No. I'm not going to be like Kang. I'm not going to give all the exposition dump. You know, you got to tune in next week. We will be back next week to, uh, Talk about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and so Thor stupid. The Dark World. That is not a joke. That is true. It's, we it's will be doing that. I just and think, it will be out next week. Just the conceit of us talking I about can't it. wait. That's going to be like the, the, the Thunderdome of arguing. You don't buy it as a gag gift. It's not a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be here. We'll be here next week doing that for some fucking Unfortunately. Um, then two weeks and then what, what if? Jesus Christ content love it all right oh i guess yeah i guess you guys will be covering that huh yeah on pain on this show exhaustion pain tired <laughs> <Agony>. I... <laughs> all right is that it bye, bye. <laughs>